Um, so today, uh, basically, we have a collaboration between Ugly Dragons and CryptoQuest. Um, basically, what we're going to be doing is the same thing that we've been doing in other spaces with other collaborations, where we just talk about our projects, have an open AMA uh, for anybody that would like to ask any questions or have any questions about the project or NFTs in general. And then we're going to have an open conversation about Vader games in the NFT space and what do we see in the future uh, of video games and NFTs? So to start off, um, just would like to introduce you guys. If you guys would like to introduce yourselves, uh, Zach and Theo. Uh, yeah, so I'm Zach. I'm a uh, co-founder with Theo on CryptoQuest. Uh, I'm kind of the acting project lead or president, as we say on our website. And uh, I kind of oversee um, just the general direction of the project and, and where it's going. And uh Theo kind of uh, Theo is um, also kind of fifty percent owner in that regard. Um, just a kind of matter of financial things as well. But uh, yeah, that's that's who I am, and uh, I'll, I'll let Theo kind of take the floor too. Yeah, and my name's Theo. I'm one of the co-founders, as I just said, kind of acting as vice president, uh, title wise, and yeah, yeah. Nice, and I'm Jesus, the host. Uh, I'm the founder of Ugly Dragons, and that's basically it for now. <laughs> so let's uh, let's actually start off with with talking a little bit about CryptoQuest, your guys' project, the uh, and the full scope of the project. Can you guys just tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah. So basically, what we're doing is it's a rather large project in scope. Uh, so what we're doing is basically, I guess I'll, I'll start with what we were inspired by, um, which is kind of actually a lack of quality and respect and regard in the space with regards to the, um, the, the setup of these systems when it comes to the economy, the gaming uh, section of it, uh, and the NFT infrastructure itself. Um, and so what we're kind of trying to do is approach, um, is, is approach this whole uh, NFT world as a sort of full service suite of quality from top to bottom. Um, and so it kind of naturally lends itself to um, making sure every step of the way is, is kind of qualitatively considered uh, before moving on to the next. Um, and, and we're doing that in the realm of high fantasy. Uh, so, so our project is really inspired by games like Skyrim, games like RuneScape, um, and RuneScape particularly because of its um, economic genius, um, which are going to carry into our gaming worlds. Um, and so it kind of started as an idea of, uh, based in D&D, uh, it's another big influence, and trying to get a sort of these these high fantasy this this high fantasy system into the world of blockchain gaming because it's such a, a great system that's been used by by so many games uh, like Knights of the Old Republic like Boulder's Gate um, and so we're we're kind of trying to bring that forward um, and so really what we're uh, what we're starting with is the NFT infrastructure itself and kind of revitalizing that I think. I think what we what we're me and Theo are really good at, or have been very good at in the space so far, is kind of finding um, we're good system builders, and so I think we 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 find really great ways to innovate the space and make it different. And one of the ways we're doing that um, is really rivaling AAA titles in terms of the character side of things. So typical NFTs, uh, you know, they sell templatized NFT art work which is it's perfectly workable um but you don't really have any choice in the matter you don't really have to actually own and customize your character to your whims and to your desires um and so what we're creating is, is kind of the first completely customizable 
at mint time characters, game characters that you can um, completely customize from cosmetic traits to their actual physical attributes and stats that that are relevant in the gaming world. Um, and so that that's kind of the the kind of <laughs> believe it or not, that's kind of the, the short version of it because um, it's a it's it's rather large in scope trying to get everything. Um, all of our platforms, the ecosystem, the the customization of our characters, all um, uh, set as a framework before we move on to the to the actual um, game, which will be sort of reminiscent of um, Into the Breach and games like FTL, which is like sort of like a simulation uh, simulation type game. Yeah, and uh, just to go into a little bit more detail about all of that is uh, when Zach says customizable at mint time that's in two areas one is going to be their stats so it's going to work just like if you've ever played knights of the old republic or baldur's gate where you create your character and you're given a point total and you get to allocate those points and you will be given a random point total from a minimum to a maximum range that we'll have on the back end um, randomly dispersed to every nft when you get that NFT, you get to distribute those points to six different uh, physical traits, which is constitution, strength, dexterity, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. And then the other part of the customization is the actual physical attributes, which we will also have a point system for. And you will, it works in the same way. You'll get a random num- like set of points. If you get a high set of points, obviously, you'll be able to purchase more expensive traits. And once you purchase all of those traits for the physical stats and for the cosmetic stats, they will lock onto your character and those will never be changeable again. So buying that mint, uh, that blank token at mint is um, a unique experience that nobody else is going to be getting for whichever race that you purchase once they sell out. Uh, and then, yeah, for the game, I think summed it up pretty well. It's just, uh, it's going to be a simulation based game where you get to um, fight on isometric tile-based combat like Fire Emblem or uh, Final Fantasy Tactics type games. It's also going to have that simulation aspect where you go through, you run into situations, and you're given options. And depending on which route you take from that option, you'll be given a a different outcome. Um, So, yeah, that's... uh, and then also we'll be, of course, creating our own token, which will be used in the gameplay for um, a, a number of things, whether it's wagering against other players, fees for in-game, spending it to break down your weapons and armor to create other things, uh, yeah, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah, just to expand on that part of the the ecosystem part of things is really important because we're kind of creating an ecosystem of jobs. Um, and so kind of everything is funneled into uh, the P2E, or sorry, the uh, PVE and the PVP side of things. So uh, sort of the lower skilled end of things can actually grind and earn Zolta, which is our native currency, um, by playing the PVE, uh, which is against AI opponents. Um, and uh, you get uh, materials, which you can then sell to people who play the PvP environment, which is more high risk, high reward. Um, and so it's a sort of integrated economy concept where um, everybody can kind of play a part and the higher end players still rely on the um, the kind of low risk, low reward players to be present and be constantly earning so that they can c- continue earning on the highest level. Because the way that it works is basically you have weapons that... Um, that degrade and you need to replenish them. So, um, yeah, it's very cool. Uh, very cool. What we're building and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I think that's a good, a good rundown of, of kind of what we're making right now. 
Honestly, that sounds. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, honestly, that sounds amazing. So I'm I'm a big gamer. I, I love playing RPG games and stuff like that. So honestly, from the first time that I saw your project, that was one of the things that actually piqued my interest right away. Where you're literally building a customizable NFT like RPG character, basically um, that that is going to be unique to you and how you want to build it. But um, I didn't know so much about the point system and how how that works. So can you explain a little bit more on like so let's say, guide me through the process. Let's say I, I mint one of the characters. I get a random amount of points that I can use to customize them. Is, is what you're saying, right? Yeah, so I can actually pull up this, uh, this little sheet. I had it ready just in case. Um, how this is going to work, essentially, is we'll have a range of points for each thing. So when you mint your token, as soon as you unbox it, this is going to be the exact process, is you'll unbox the token basically. Um, all right, sorry, you go back one step. I forget this is a step. So you'll mint the token. The token will initially just be a blank slate. You won't be able to see anything. All you will have is the token in your wallet and basically, basically a QR code that you can apply to our website that says you own a token and you can, uh, you can mint it basically because you'll have your wallet connected. When you do that, it will open up a new option for you on our website and that will be to customize your character. As soon as you click customize your character, you'll have a box pop up that says, are you sure you want to begin this process? Because as soon as you do, it's going to become public information for everybody that you now know some information about this blank slate token, because people could basically abuse that if that wasn't public information, meaning if somebody minted a token and it ended up being extremely low tier in regards to the points they get, Somebody could abuse the fact that that's a blank token and sell the blank token on the open market saying, oh, no one's seen this yet. So you'll pop up that open screen um, and it'll say, are you sure you want to begin this process? Because it will no longer be considered a blank token. You click yes. And the first thing that'll pop up is the basically the the tiers that your or the tier that your um your NFT is. We have those ranging from common all the way up to mythic uh, with varying in between. So it'll tell you what that is, but you won't get an exact point value yet. So now you can go out on the open market and go, oh, I just minted a mythic token that's uncustomized, which are going to be the most rare tokens because it, it's, that means you have the, you have basically within the range of the maximum values for both the cosmetic and the physical stats. And going from there, you can choose to start customizing it or just keep that token known as mythic basically and sell it on the open market, which is gonna be extremely valuable. Um, then if you decide to go forward and mint it, depending on which rank you get, of course, then you can go in and you can go, okay, so first it's gonna bring you to a cosmetic screen or Actually, I believe it brings you the physical stat screen first. And what that does is it shows you your role. It shows you, oh, okay, you you achieved a role of um, this, this point value within the physical stat tier. And those stat points will range from 72 all the way up to 120. And 60 points out of that will automatically be distributed. So it'll go 10 in each of those six categories that I listed before. 
and then you'll have the remaining points to distribute amongst those six categories however you'd like. So you'll have 10 in each of those, and then you can just, you know, drop a ton into strength and then just do a small amount in the other ones or however you want to divvy it up. Then once you complete that part of the screen, you'll move on to your next screen, which is going to be your cosmetic traits. That point value is ranging from 20 all the way up to 645 points with varying ranges in between. So you'll be given your random point value for your token. And then you can go in and you can spend those points how you would like on varying traits, ranging anywhere from 10 points all the way up to 100 points for a single trait. Um, and it's customizing things like eye color, hairstyle, hair color, face tattoos, scars, um, glasses, tons, tons more things. Um, and then once you pass on that next, that next screen, it'll say, okay, are you finalized in creating your token? Because once you, once you leave this screen, this token will be minted and you can never change it again. You click finalize and then that, uh, that token is finalized and put onto the blockchain. So that's kind of the whole rundown of how that exact process will work. Gotcha. I mean, you guys have a very intricate, um, complex system for sure in terms of the point system, how people can customize. But I love the part where you will know what type of like um, tier you get, and then you can actually sell that tier before you customize it so that somebody else that really wants it can customize it. So I think that that's, that's a pretty cool aspect of it that I, I had no idea that's how you guys were doing that. Yeah, I mean, we really liked the we really love the concept of like you know you open a pack of trading cards and yeah or or you don't you know <laughs> and having kind of all those states in between being um sort of tokenized so like oh this is like an unopened pack essentially uh, or uh, you know an unopened comic book or whatever the reference is of like okay this is completely uncustomized you don't even know what it is it could be something really special in here but you don't really know and then there's that next stage of like oh I do know what it is this is a legendary. Um, but it's uncustomized or it's, it's sort of like mint condition. Like I really want to sell this to somebody cause it's really valuable now without it being customized. And then it's like, Oh, but I also want to play the game. So <laughs> I want to customize them and make it my own. So it gives users that kind of complete freedom. And it also creates some really, really fun, like ecosystem stuff, you know, cause people are going to be trading and wanting to trade like un, uh, you know, uh, uncustomized, unrevealed and revealed, but uncustomized and stuff like that. So, uh, I think creating those little ecosystems is super, super fun for us. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I think another thing to kind of brag about, I think is with the, the actual, um, the, the cool thing about making it your own, uh, that we're really kind of, uh, always fanboying about is, um, is the fact that these aren't templates. Uh, you know, there's, there's like, there's 12 face styles, um, and, and within those face styles, uh, like I think there's enough variety that would emulate a, a normal NFT collection. Um, and it's, you know, it's not like painted over, right? So because there's different face styles, there's different, um, complete looks and hairstyles. Like it, your, your one, um, NFT is, could look very, very, very different from someone in the same collection, in the same collection. So I think that's super cool. Um, it really does rival that kind of um, character creation that you get in a in a modern RPG. So yeah, super cool, super exciting. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I have a few questions from um, somebody sent me some questions on our Discord. Um, kind of want to ask. This kind of for both projects. Um, 
but I think those are they're, they're interesting. So one of the questions was, um, what is the short term goal for each project? Um, essentially, post mint, what are the most what are you most excited about getting done or launching afterwards? Um, so I think the the most exciting thing that we've we've kind of brought up as a short term goal, especially because our project is more long term oriented. So having short term goals has been like kind of not difficult, but we've been very careful about what kind of short term goals we want to pick up. But one of them that we think is is will be really really fun is our kind of gladiator arena game that we're that we're um, developing right now, which is essentially a more simplified version. Uh, a more simplified game that we can release much quicker than our sort of more uh, our main titles because our main titles will have substantial development time behind them in order to make them to the quality that we'd like. Um, so what we're doing is we're creating uh, a gladiator arena based game that's essentially based on missing information. Anyway, I don't even think we've announced this anywhere yet. Um, but uh, basically the way uh, it's constructed is if any of you are familiar with Zed Run, um, it's it's sort of similar in um, the missing information elements where you don't really know um, how well your character will actually perform in battle. Um, and so I, I guess just to clarify, the way that it would work is you would select your character that is going to fight one uh, 2v2, uh, so it's going to be team-based. Um, so you kind of collab with somebody else um, and you put your heroes in a fight against two other heroes. And you don't, you know how relatively good your, your character is because of their stat values. And you can compare them to other people's stat values. But there's going to be a sort of missing link in the, in the chemistry score that you have with another character. And so the idea being that you have to actually try to find your way to your collaborative partner that is best with you in the Gladiator arena. Um, and so you have to find that out through gameplay. And uh, through it's going to be season based. So basically, you can't just like solve it, find your best partner, and win forever. It's going to be something that you have some advantage o over because of your stats, but you actually have to keep finding, uh, keep discovering, and playing in order to get more close or get closer to your ideal partner. Um, and the better you are stat wise and partner wise uh, in those fights, the better your performance and the more you can earn. Um, so that's something that's really cool and really fun and actually quite simple as far as um, developmental overhead, um, but yet still really, really fun because there's that element of like, oh, I need to solve this. And also I need to find people that I, I need to find more people and communicate with more people from the community in order to figure out who my best match is. Um, and so uh, really excited about that and, and, and starting to, really grind and work on getting that implemented as soon as possible after mint. Um, Cause that, that's something that I, I think we've talked about for a while, but have just kind of recently um, bore down on the details of how we can actually implement it. Um, so yeah, that's something that we're really excited about. I think. That's cool. Um, that sounds awesome for, for me in terms of short term goals. Um, we just kind of have an had, had an announcement uh, last night after a game day about a legendary club membership, which is the first thing that we're launching in our project, uh, which is just going to be 150 legendary club membership NFTs that gives you exclusive access to a lot of things like whitelisting and all our projects. And by the way, we're also a long-term project. Um, so we're going to, we're planning on having, at least in the first phase, we're having five separate editions, five separate drops, one for each of our kingdoms. So we're excited to, to launch your legendary club membership. Um, that's going to be a first thing. 
to do um and, and it's gonna have a lot of perks for the people that get it and, and the, the main thing for that is like we want to reward our community and the first members that actually like legit supported us and, and loved the project and everything like that so uh i think that right now there's like 94 out of 150 so there's like 56 left i think that you well we're doing a partnership with you guys you guys were giving one away in your discord so that's awesome um that's our short term as and for post mint what am what am i i'm excited for a lot of things um i'm excited to get the story out for people to start reading them hearing comments about um the story seeing how people um people from different kingdoms uh would join in and communicate and talk about the story and their perspectives and how they might figure some things out on, on what's going on with the story um, and also being able to start our second phase and third phase. So after after we're done with uh, Mint in our first phase, we're going to start phase two and phase three, which we haven't talked about yet. But but I'm excited to get those stars, too. So so that's for me. Um, another question that I had from from our community was. Um, and and I, that's this is for both of us that w what is what is one role? Well, we as Ugly Dragons and CryptoQuest each think you could use to take your project to the next level. Or is there anything specific? Maybe maybe the question should be maybe is if there's something specific that 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 we're looking at on doing that we believe that will take our project to the next level. Yeah, I think uh, something for us that we would really like to do, but um, this is very dependent on one, how big NFTs become overall, and two, how big um, our community grows to be because our number one goal is maintaining a stable economy and we can't just release a million NFTs and expect the economy to remain stable. We need to go with the demand, of course, um, in regards to how much of a supply we're releasing. But something that we'd really like to do is we have plans for so long as we maintain our stability and everything, releasing more races along the way. Um, and of course those races will be able to enter into the game and play the game and they'll get different stat bonuses. We didn't really talk about that. We have humans that will get a plus one to each one of those six stats and elves will get a plus two to two different stats um, rather than, all six across. So, but yeah, so future races, I think is something that if we can become big enough, which I believe we can, um, would be amazing because it just, it deepens the lore that much more. It deepens the player base that you can maintain. Um, it, it, you know, it just and then from the lore, you know, you can start releasing other weapons and armor sets that we're going to be releasing because you can theme some after I don't know dwarfs if we release dwarfs um, or you know. So I, I think something big for me it would take our project to the next level. So long as we can really get there, is is releasing more races. That sounds super fun to me. Yeah, that sounds fun. Um, for for me. Um... It's an interesting question. It's kind of hard to pinpoint something specifically. I think because we are story-based, if I'm just talking about like, okay, well, what are one thing that, that, that could take us to the next level? I think once we um, release our special edition books for our holders, um, if we can get published, 
I think that will be something that 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 because you know for for me my my idea is to kind of try to bring or onboard uh, mainstream people that maybe just read books or like a good story or things like that into the NFT space. And one of the things that I kind of elaborated a little bit more in, in the last space that we had, and somebody had asked me a question about the story and the characters and, and how do I see that playing out, is that for me, with the characters, it will be something that people will fall in, like, I hope that people fall in love with the characters of the story and relate to those characters. And that itself will bring not only the value of those specific NFTs um, higher, but it'll also bring the value of the IP higher. Um, and I and I mentioned that there's a character in the story already that I like. I just love that character. I can relate to that character, um, and, and I want it. Obviously, I can't have it unless maybe later on in the secondary market I can buy it off, which I probably probably might do. Um, but yeah, I think that in terms of like going to the next level, I think that will be something that that will definitely um be super cool and and our idea is to grow the ip so so that's one way to grow it in a in a different medium i guess and and in consequence obviously grow our project at the same time yeah so yeah just to i think that's really cool what you what you guys are doing with the story-based uh elements and i think we're going to be paying really close attention to how you guys handle that and and kind of the way that you take that that community interest um because and it's, I don't think we've spoken on this point yet, but we have a huge interest in because we're creating these customizable characters, it actually enables us to create stories around the customized characters, which is something that was really inspirational to us early on in the development process was like, these characters can become famous within the world of CryptoQuest. Like if you're a very good character, I mean, by, by the way, you do name your characters. They're, they're actually custom named. Um, that's something we actually frequently leave out because it's kind of just assumed by us at this point. But it's something kind of important, I think, is that you uh, you name your characters um, and they become that character in a sense. Um, and so as the game develops and as things get bigger, it, it could become, uh, and, and we certainly want to push this as much as possible um, to when we write lore in the future, we wanted to involve the more famous characters and that, that fame can be earned through actual gameplay, through community involvement, uh, et cetera. Um, but uh, yeah, incorporating that sort of story-based uh, lore is actually possible when you have a limited collection like this. Um, and so it really, I think it, it really deepens the games. Um, and that's another advent of NFT technology that I think has been kind of neglected by other platforms. And so it's really cool to see you guys doing something story-based. Um, and we're really going to be interested, I think, in in what you guys do um, and uh, maybe try to copy the things that you guys do well. <laughs> so we can uh, we can incorporate that as well. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I appreciate that. What is it? Copying is the biggest flattery. I forgot what the saying is, but something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. It's like that's the majority of these ideas can be traced, even though I think we... I, I'm sure we both think they're great ideas that like you can trace them back to their roots, but I think that's really uh, some people might frown on that, but I mean, that's just the the beautiful part of iterative things or, or you know, history building on itself. Um, yeah. I mean, we're heavily inspired by D and D and all these fantasy games and all these great games like into the breach with their uh, really well thought out mechanics and things, but that we get to the kind of copy because <laughs> they made it first. So, um, and hopefully we can expand on that and do do it justice, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, it's not, you know, it's it's copying in the sense of like, um, you see a great idea or something that you love, and you kind of just want to emulate that. So I mean, yeah, 
Every homage. Yes. Everything we do, that's kind of part of it. But I'm also looking at you guys and seeing what you guys are doing because I love the idea of customizable NFTs. And yeah, like I said, I, I'm, I'm a gamer, so that's something that, that I love. And I'm definitely going to be checking you guys out and keeping tabs with you. Um, so, And I think that that's actually a great segment to, to well, a great way to change our topic. So now we're just going to uh, jump in and talk about video games and NFTs. Um, so I'm going to start off with, with one question and we're both going to be answering them. And also, uh, at the end, we're going to open the space for questions from our listeners or comments that they may have so that we can just have at the end an open discussion about this topic. So first question that I have is, do you see the future of traditional video games and NFTs converging at some point and how would that look like? to you what, what do you think that entails yeah so i this is this is something i'm very um very very uh, very strong uh, strongly opinionated on i want to say <laughs> um is i don't see a world in a hundred years where professional video gamers don't own everything that they use. I don't see people. It, it's just like, it's just like sports. It's just like professional sports. I mean, I guess not the basketball, right? Those are all standardized. There's still going to be standardized elements to video games. Um, but what I'm saying is, you know, they choose what type of shoes they're going to play in. They, you know, they choose what type of racket they're using in tennis um, I don't, I don't see professional video game players not owning the assets within the video games they're playing. It's of course a tricky concept for people to wrap their head around, especially with NFTs starting off the way they did as basically just digital art. And that being people's full perception of what an NFT is publicly right now. But I think once that viewpoint from the public changes, it's just it's it's only going to go up. I don't I don't see NFTs going away in my mind. I think they may even continue to dip down for a while here. I think that's a possibility, but in the long run, I I absolutely do not see this technology going away. I think it only being used it will only be used more. Yeah, I I I agree with that pretty much. I I think uh um and I think what we'll see is um I think Theo's right. How he's saying like, oh, you get to pick your shoes. I think that will actually become pretty normal. I think that's the thing that will actually become pretty standardized over time is like whatever the thing is, whatever the game is, th there's probably going to be some element of NFTs worked into it in some way, um, I would wager. Um, but I think largely what's what's interesting is I think actually there, there's always going to be a separation of games that generally that actually utilize nft technology in a way that makes the game more interesting and then just regular games i i think um i so i think i think let's say like i don't know 20 years from now i think that will still be the case in that i think there'll still be games that incorporate nfts in the way like theo said um more regularly but i think it will still be um a large separation between um sort of the standard games to, of today where they're not actually incorporating tokenization and the NFT, the NFTs themselves as like the core game component, I think they'll, but what, what, sorry, I think what will happen though, is that um, the subsection, 
or the section of people that are developing NFT based games will just expand tremendously. And those games will be, um, in, in my opinion, much more fun to the people that uh, have the access to play them and the, the education to play them. And hopefully that'll just get easier going forward. Um, but yeah, I think kind of what we're doing is we're, we're building the NFTs into the game as opposed to sort of tokenizing a portion of the game, if that makes sense. Um, and so I do believe that it will be separated, but I think the section of basically, I think that the section of things that uh, are building NFTs into the into games, uh, into the core infrastructure of games, will just continue to expand well beyond its where it is right now. I think we're still at the the infant stages, even though I, I talked about this on the last podcast we have. Like everything, every hour in the crypto world feels like a month or whatever. Like it just it feels like it goes by so quickly, and I think that that gives people an impression of. Um, oh, I missed out on this. Oh, I missed out on this. When in reality, it's like, it's so short-sighted in, in the big picture. It's you're, you're still so, so early. If you're just, even if you're just listening to this now and you're not invested in any NFT projects, you haven't bought an NFT, like you're, you're so early, I think, on the educational aspect of it. When you look at these statistics that are talking about how many people own an NFT, it's it's so small. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think we're just at the beginning, and it's it's gonna just grow from here. Even if not financially, like we can't predict what the market's gonna do, and nobody can. Anyone who says they can is lying to you. Um, but uh, at least in the short term, that is. Um, but I, I think the technol the technology will only grow uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean those are good points. I think for me, uh, it's a little bit. I mean. The video game industry has changed tremendously in the last, like, what, like 15 years, maybe? I will say 15 years. Um, when you have the introduction of loot boxes and, and those sort of things, and those sort of elements into the, the video game ecosystem, and people hated those uh, when they came out. When I mean, I remember people talking on forums and, and stuff like that about, uh, like, having to buy certain loot and having to buy like a specific gun and all that stuff or whatever and how those things ruin video games for a lot of people but at the end of the day what happened was um now they are the prominent way that video games actually one make money and two are advertised so you have projects like not projects but video games like fortnite has been humongous and and they've done a great uh i mean they have done great at keeping that interest going in terms of uh, people buying the skins and things like that. I think that for gamers, one thing that they don't realize is that they kind of already are, quote-unquote, buying NFTs. The problem is that they don't own them. And I think that that's the, the, the missing piece of the equation, that in reality, I think that gamers that loved video games when they were growing up and they were just like, hey, you buy the game, 50 bucks, 60 bucks, you get the full game, and that's it. There's nothing else. That that's never going to come back. Like, that's the reality. I don't think that's ever going to come back. We are in a different industry. And the best, I think that the best way forward, um, when you already have these economic system in place, is to have NFTs. Because when you have an NFT, you own that actual skin. You own that actual gun. You own that actual, let's say, player, if you're playing foot or something similar, an and NBA or whatever in 2K. So I think that by owning them, you you're giving power to the actual gamers and that's just my personal opinion because i play a lot of games that that uh have that type of system where for example in fifa which i play a lot um they have uh fifa ultimate team which basically is a card game technically 
and you get these players and you can put them in your team and then play with that team, right? The funny thing is that when you buy them, you buy them, you can spend dollars to to buy packs and you get these players, but you can't sell them back. And actually you can, but you get in-game currency. And what happens is even EA, they charge a transaction fee for in-game currency, which doesn't make any sense. But you can't really sell it back for actual money. If you spend 50 bucks, that's it. That Those are going to the game. But with NFTs, you will actually own those and you can sell them in the market for actual dollars and money. Yep. And, and that I think to me, that's the thing that makes the most sense. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to say it's actually funny because I actually never thought about this aspect before of the actual games themselves being being NFTs, which is actually it's something that just struck me just now. I don't know how I, why I didn't think about that. But when you think of like this, these digital delivery systems of like um, like Steam uh, and things like this, where you're just da- downloading the game digitally, um, it, it's funny because I think in the future, it just makes a lot of sense for these to be delivered NFTs. Um, oh, yeah. Because then you can resell, you can you can utilize the broad network of, of the blockchain to... Um, to to sell it's, that NFT to a third part, a third mark, third party markets, uh, and get that money back. Um, it's it, digital GameStop. Yeah, exactly. Digital. Yeah, exactly. Except you, instead of having to like, oh, I have to get this physical game, or getting a refund from Steam. Instead of getting a refund, you can just sell it to somebody else who wants the game. Um, although I guess if you did do it this way, it kind of. I mean, bigger game corporations probably don't want to. Uh, um, Give up I those mean, sales. if if but, they make a royalty off of it, why not? Right. I mean, the yeah. thing. Well, the thing is, if if somebody starts to do it, they have to. I mean, yeah, if, for if, sure. If somebody starts to do that, they have to adapt. Um. So yeah, that's I, actually. Uh, I mean, I guess we got a new project, Theo. Yeah. I also <laughs> wanted to uh, just uh, on on something you said, Jesus, uh, with in regards to the loot boxes being completely unattractive in in most modern video games. I think a big reason for that, and Zach and I have talked about this before, is that when you are having to play to win and there's no reward other than strictly winning, it's not fun to just have to pay money to win a game. You know, like it's attractive to just to go back to the sports analogy again, it's attractive to become good at that, to um, to to pay money to get coaching, to do all of those things, because if you become a professional player, you are going to earn money from it. This whole NFT structure fixes that element, which is that you're no longer just playing to win. You are now playing to earn money. Um and that's a much more attractive incentive to buy your way into something from just any sort of perspective. And the other part about it is that it, the loot boxes in, in modern video games were a great idea. It's it's super fun to open booster packs and everything. But even just in regards to the booster packs, when you're opening a booster pack and you hit a really rare item, you can resell that for money. You know, it's not just, oh, I'm opening this in a game where maybe I can win more, you know. It's just a whole, it's a whole different world now of there's an extra important incentive to paying money into games, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think what's funny is I think there's a lot of pushback to that concept because they think it's like, it's like tokenizing too many things uh, or like trying to make financial incentives where there's, there, there shouldn't be or something. But I think people kind of miss the point that that's actually the most empowering experience for users is like, um, you you actually have more control than you ever did over all you all you're doing is gaining there's not like a 
I mean, unless you unless you are, I mean, there's obviously gambling implications, right? If you're if you're a gambler and you make poor decisions, then obviously it, it enables a space for you to lose money. Yes, but it also enables you to, uh, for responsible users, um, it enables you to, uh, like you just said, like procure your investment back into the game just by playing the game. Um, and if you're if you're a responsible player, it's probably not difficult. I mean, in the ecosystems that we're just seeing right now and the ecosystem that we're making, people are going to make back their NFT investment fairly easily um, in the game that we're creating. Um, it's just, it's almost inevitable in a way because of the way that the ecosystem is set up uh, as long as there's an audience. So um, I, I really look forward to that. Uh, and it doesn't have to be everything, right? Like not all games have to follow in this model and I don't think they will. Um at least not completely, but I think that it's going to be really, really important and um, and fun for a, a, a growing number of people. Um, so I'm excited to see it and see more control go to the users when they actually um, play their games and can actually earn. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you with with like not every game has to incorporate NFTs. I mean, even today, we have a lot of those games where you have in-page transactions and things like that, but there's still a lot of games that are just like regular video games like the old times, especially, you know, uh, RPG games or like single-player games. They, they're still out there. They're still going to be there. Um, but for those games that are more um, focused on, I'm just calling them all loot boxes, um, you know, NFTs, I think that, that it empowers, uh, the actual gamers in that sense. Um, and the other thing uh, I was going to mention that, that you said, well, the, the games could be NFT themselves. And actually that's a great idea. I, Microsoft actually, uh, I think, uh, well, seven years ago or something, uh, they talked about doing, being able to do that, selling your digital games and, uh, gamers hated that idea because it was all going to be all digital. But I think with the technology that we have now with NFTs, that's actually possible because I don't like buying digital games because I can't resell them. But if there were NFTs and I could resell my games, that would be amazing. But let's go uh, to another question that I think kind of uh, was not brought up, but I think is important uh, for your game and what you were talking about, how people will be able to make their money back pretty easily with how you guys are setting up your economy and the system. And my question is uh, to let's talk about sustainability, um, especially in in the NFT space. We have a lot of play to earn games and it's obviously that there some of them have had problems with sustainability and how they have their system set up and stuff like that. Um, what are some challenges that you can see in the future of the NFT space when you're incorporating video games, you're incorporating the tokenomics and all that kind of stuff in the system, sustainability of the actual project itself? Yeah, so I'm sure that we could both probably, we, we probably both will have our own points on this. Um, but I think there's a lot to consider there. And there's a lot that people aren't considering. And that was actually, I mean, probably our primary reason for existing in the space is just realizing how many people are not considering these things for sustainability and how, if somebody just did how it would, it could potentially change everything. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's huge. And I think the biggest issue, honestly, with these P2E systems is just the, the fact that they're sort of Ponzi schemes, uh, most of them. Um, and the reason that they're Ponzi schemes is because um, they're not, they're not player to player. I mean, that's actually the, 
that's actually when you when you actually think uh, kind of more deeply about how these systems are set up, um, they actually kind of require a, a player to player component. Otherwise, it, it's it, it's kind of inevitably uh, a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> um, so, it, I think what we're doing is we're kind of incorporating that uh, from an economic perspective. Um, so like we were stating earlier, it's all wrapped within a PVP system so that users are actually always paying users and we're creating NFTs rather than creating like currency that they can use. Um, and so the currency is all kind of, um, allocated in this user to user experience so that, um, it's actually is sustainable for the long run. And this is something that we are still working on and continually working on going forward is how do we make sure that the game economies that we have set up can actually be sustainable for the long run. That's, that's kind of the most important goal for us um, is making sure that, you know, we want to build something really special, truly special. And in order to do that, um, you know, our original ambition or, or milestone, so to speak, was we want to be like, we want to be like the blizzards of the space. We want to be like the wizards of the coast of the space. We want to be that big. Uh, that's what, that's where our ambition is at. Um, and so in order to get to that point, we need to be very careful about um, each step of the process, making sure that, that we're um, especially when we're implementing these long-term economic um, structures, uh, we need to be very careful. Uh, and we're still in constant calls with advisors, with, um, people that have made these mistakes in the past. And and honestly, we've learned a lot from mistakes of other people. <laughs> so like Axie Infinity has done a great job of making uh, some mistakes with their economics uh, as far as inflation. Um, and uh, Zedron had some issues with um, unlimited breeding uh, and that kind of caused an infinite supply issue. Um, and so just watching these games and kind of learning from them and also just making sure we have the right uh, advisory has been has been huge for us. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's a big t um, big big talking point for us. I think that was that was such a funny way to say that. You're like Axie Infinity did a great job of messing some things up. It was like <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but the so I, I think something that is is you got to be really. Not, I'm not saying you have to be really. Curious. I'm just saying. Something that a lot of us have to be really careful about when we're talking about this stuff um, is that I, a lot of times when, when we're talking about Ponzi schemes, there's this natural assumption that intent was behind it. And I don't think that's always the case. I think when you're talking about a Ponzi scheme, it's literally just about the structure of how it works. Right. And a lot of people aren't really intending, of course, to create Ponzi schemes, but they just are. Because something that Zach and I have been friends for, I, I don't know, probably close to 10 years now and something that we've always done just growing up is we love getting into heated debates not always extremely heated but heated debates about whatever topic whether it's politics social standards economics um you know governmental practices in other countries whatever that is and we're very well versed in trying to pinpoint issues and find resolutions to them. And I think that's something that not everybody does all the time um, in just their day-to-day -day life. Like I, uh, when Zach and I were living together, I can tell you that almost every day of the week, we were probably talking about something or another. Um, and I think that uh, the issue you run into a lot of times with these projects is people go, oh, it would be really fun to, you know, enter into this game and win a currency that's tethered to 
a currency that already works and they just run with that. And then what ends up happening is they don't realize the implications of, oh, what happens if I haven't limited the supply of that currency? Well, it's just going to devalue over time. And that's just a really basic example. But I think that a lot of people just don't think about the the hindrances that their their great idea will have on the economics of something when money's involved. Um, and that's something that I've I, I really like about our project is that Zach and I are not um, you know we're not reserved with each other. <laughs> we've we've had issues before where one of us would be like, "Wow, you're kind of being an asshole right now," and then we're like, "Sorry, I didn't mean it that way." But I like that much more than the opposite, which is filtering everything you say to somebody because we're able to entertain these ideas and really correct each other whenever we run into something that we realize has been an issue. Um, so I think that's an important aspect when you're talking about these economics in the games is really analyzing every tiny little detail, um, every tiny little issue. Otherwise, people are just going to end up losing money, you know. Um, so that's just I don't know. Yeah. Hundred percent for me. Yeah, I think I think also getting multiple perspectives has been key for us too. Yeah, um, for sure. Because uh, when you have, and especially because some people, like you just said, aren't necessarily going to be arguing about it. Sometimes you have to go seek those out. You have to be like, uh, you, <laughs> you have to kind of like start fights with people in a way. Um, sometimes uh, just to get information from other people. Um, but generally, like, uh, yeah, we're just reaching out to to more people and. Um, getting advisory from people we trust and people we, you know, we think would have good opinions on the matter has been huge. Also like um, growing your network base of people that, you know, um, just makes that process a little bit easier. Um, and especially because getting input can also just mean like people telling you when you're being, I mean, me and Theo for sure have a tendency to be perhaps not perhaps. I mean, we definitely are um, probably too obsessed with those little details um, sometimes, um, and so we we might lose speed in some of those cases. So it's some it's nice sometimes to get kind of bonked on the head by someone else who's like, yeah, like just do it, <laughs> um, just do this, or like you know get on with it, kind of kind of deal. So I think we that's kind of uh, I suppose a um, developmental weakness that we are aware of and are uh, bringing people around us that can can kind of balance that out um but yeah I, I think that's 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 really huge yeah i mean i, I love what you guys are saying i think that um yeah <laughs> i don't know who was theo or sag that said the thing about the ponzi scheme but at the end of the day ponzi scheme is just a way to describe the economics of, of a project basically and how they they make money or or get their investors to make money i guess um, but I think sustainability, uh, I mean, for me, obviously I'm not talking about, I'm not making a game. I'm not making a token right now or anything like that. Uh, so for my project, it doesn't really matter as much. Um, but I think I love that you guys are looking, uh, for other people to kind of come in and talk to other people about these things, looking at our other projects, what they have done the mistakes that they have made and, and trying to use that to your advantage in your project, because I'm always weary when I see a, a project that it's like, they're talking about tokenomics and, and, and their own token and all that stuff. And, and they have like maybe a month or two months and they release it. And it's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man, you like to build an economy and build a sustainability and, and fixing all those little details, or at least looking into all those little details, all the problems that you may have in the future, um, you're talking about inflation, deflation, 
and and how you can have something that will sustain time, right? Um, it's tough. It's not easy. It's not easy. Not everybody can do that. Um, and, and what happens a lot of times is that people don't, you know, they don't question themselves. They don't question how these things are going to work in the future. And what happens is a lot of people get hurt by it because um, they start losing a lot of money. So for me, it's always been uh, <laughs> a lot... 99% of the time, it's too good to be true. You know, if, if I yep. see a project that's like, hey, you can get a return investment, uh, 50% per year or something, I'm like, bro, like, no. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're doing, but I don't want to be a part of it because I can't trust those type of returns in some sort of project that, that I don't even know. Like, you know, anyways. Um, so what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to let, I think somebody from our Discord wanted to ask a question um, Ciro, are you here? Can you like just do an emoji and I can kind of bring you up so you can ask your question? I don't know if he's here yet or still because um, I don't think he has the same name. I don't see a response. Okay. Anyway, so last question or last, um, yeah, last question for the day. It's going to be, what are, um, I mean, we talked about sustainability and it has its issues. What are some of the biggest challenges you currently see in the space, especially for you guys that are building a, a video game with NFTs? Uh, what, what, what can you say has been the biggest, cha biggest challenge for your project? Uh, I think for sure so far, the biggest, pro <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's a super, super uh, lame issue to be having, but it's, building a community in this extremely saturated environment where everybody is releasing projects every two seconds, um, knowing the right ways to be building your marketing and everything. And I think we've just recently figured out a really solid way to be bringing in only quality members and keeping people in. Um, and that was a, I want to say a three month challenge right there. <laughs> that was like a three or four month challenge for us. We were great at the vision stuff. We're great at telling people the vision stuff. Um, but in regards to the outreach parts and knowing where where the people are at that are going to be interested in our project, that's it's a really, really, really hard uh, aspect. Yeah, the marketing, yeah, the marketing stuff in general is just uh, we're, I mean, we're definitely not marketers, right? Like we, we didn't have any experience in that previous to the project. And um, I think this a lot of people are in the same boat. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the people that are succeeding in the space, um, or at least have, and I think this is actually, this is dying out for sure at a very rapid rate, is is people that are basically, you know, um, snake oil salesmen um, have been very, very good in the space because they're just, they're just pumping out, you know, decent looking Unreal Engine prototypes for their games, or they're just pumping out like these promises that just can't be met. And because there's been so much money in the space, people are keen to believe it because it's it's actually been done um, in certain in certain uh, in certain groups, um, and so I think it's really really hard for people because I mean to be honest, we can't leverage a lot of the tools that people that are scamming are leveraging because they're saying things that we can't say because we have principles and are honest. <laughs> so like they're saying like oh, we're going to have this game in one month and you're all going to make a million dollars Like, and we're going to go to the moon and everything's going to be great. And it's like, we, we're not going to do that. And um, 
because we're not going to do that, it actually does have some uh, ramifications on getting audience members in. I mean, it's not the kind of audience members we'd like in the long run anyways. So it's kind of, it's a good thing, but it's also a, a, a complicated thing because um, the space has gotten a lot more, more difficult and there's more competitors coming in that actually are creating something of value um, because they've had some time now to actually create things um, that, that would be valuable. Yeah. Um, and, and just to be clear, every single one of our, our users will definitely win $1 million um, just as a... <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to mention that, that everyone will get a million dollars at some point for sure. Um, but for real, uh, we... Uh, yeah, so so yeah, for us, definitely marketing and getting the community. Uh, also, education is a huge thing with that, by the way. Because a lot of these projects are simple and they, they keep their projects simple for the very purposes of, well, this is really easy to sell. Um, I don't have to promise too much or do too much work as long as I can communicate it and uh, explain the value. Um, what we're doing is really big and, and large in scope. And we're trying to capture a, a very, um, well, short term in general. This is definitely a stereotype, of course, because, you know, the community members we've seen in the, in the collab with partners that we've had have been ama just amazing people. But in general, the stereotypical NFT person is trying to make a quick buck. And so we're trying to explain these sort of large scope, complicated systems that we know once people really, you know, uh, understand and, and embody that understanding, they're going to be like, oh, this is really, really cool what's what's being built here. But educating masses of mass amounts of people who are, who are operating at the speed of light trying to trying to find the next cool project um, on these more complicated high scope systems is, is a, definitely a challenge. So 100%. Growing a community, it's something, yeah, it's like a, it's been like a three month challenge just to kind of figure out our strategy going forward. It, it's gotten way, way better. Um, and we're really learning very quickly. Um, and so, like, you know, if we started, I feel confident we could start another project if we wanted to, uh, you know, sometime in the future, uh, if we can manage to. <laughs> but um, it, it feels like uh, we, we have a better groundwork and understanding of how to continue growing. So, um, yeah, that's definitely the biggest challenge for sure. And I think it's probably the biggest challenge everyone's going to face, um, you know, uh, that doesn't have already substantial network connections or anything like that. And that, and that aren't scammers. R right. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I mean, I think I think it's interesting that uh, we're talking about building games, building customizable NFTs, doing all these crazy things. And the most challenging thing uh, that we can think about the project is marketing, which I agree with. I definitely agree with. I think... <laughs> community is the toughest uh, aspect of the project for sure especially like you guys were saying in the stage that this industry is in um it's pretty tough and it's sad honestly to see and this is something that i noticed when i came into the space at the beginning to see the 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 i'm just gonna call them the scammers the the people that are just looking to to steal money from other people that those are the projects that are like hyped up and those are the projects that get uh, thousands and thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers, um, because the reality is that a lot of people in the space, they are looking for that flip um, because it's been kind of told that you can make a quick buck in NFTs if you can just flip them. Right now, I think that that's slowly changing. Well, actually, rapidly, I think that's changing now where there's more interest in the actual longevity of the project, the utility of the project. And people are just getting smarter. I mean, the reality is it is a new industry. Um, we are all early 
on this. And, you know, you're going to have those type of things happening in, I mean, they happen everywhere. It's not just something that is just like, oh, the NFT space is a scam. No, like you can be scammed by anybody <laughs> in the entire world, no matter what the industry you're in. Um, so, so yeah, I think for me, yeah, uh, building a community, uh, it's, it's definitely the toughest challenge um, I had faced. And yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree. So yeah, I think uh, just one, one little thing just aside from marketing is navigating the scammers because I think Zach and I do a great job of pinpointing when someone's trying to scam us, but we still have run into the occasional person who actually just seems like fairly legit and you get them to do something for you. And you realize like the scam isn't in them just like taking your money but it's in them like overpricing you for something someone else is doing or something like that. So it's uh, that's, that's another, another tricky part for, for I think everybody in this space, just the scammers, man. Yeah. Right. And you, and, you, and the thing is you have to take risks, especially if you're growing your project. So you have to, you have to navigate really, really uh, carefully and then yeah. uh, pull the trigger on some people that seem legit enough and hope for the best. Um, but uh, yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. All right. So I'm just going to open up. Uh, if anybody has a question for us, it can be about video games, NFTs, or our projects. Uh, you can raise your hand or request the mic. If not, we're about to be done. I think we're an hour and 10 minutes in. And we try to keep these between an hour, an hour and 30 minutes. Um, so if nobody has a question, then we're just going to close up with some closing comments. Um, but I'll give it a second to see if anybody raised their hands. All right, I don't see anybody requesting. All right, and we had some some questions from from our Discord um, members, so that was great. All right, so I'm just gonna uh, open up for closing comments from you guys. If you just want to say something about your project or, or something about what we talked today that you want to kind of finish off with. Yeah, just want to you know thank you for having us on here. It was great having you on last week as well, uh, or I guess week week and a half ago now. We're excited to see what you're doing with your project. Uh, I we're definitely super into the um, the story aspect. We want to be working that into our project eventually. So super excited to see what you do, and just appreciate you having us on here, man. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, and uh, I guess I just uh, to the community, if you're interested in a project that's building something really large in scope and uh, want to be part of a community where we're, 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 you know, we, we, we really reward our community members. We're doing a one soul give a two soul giveaway every week right now. Um, we're doing uh, NFTs in our store in our discord. So lots of things to promote uh, discussion and, and grow our community. Um, so if you're interested in, uh, in perhaps, perhaps gaming or, or just uh, ambitious uh, NFT projects, uh, definitely check us out. Um, yeah. I really appreciate you having us on here. Uh, it's been great. Um, good okay. discussions. Um, yeah. And sorry, just one, one little thing I did want to mention just cause uh, it's, we're doing this with you uh, with ugly dragons is just a little bit about how our store works. Basically you just chat in our pub chat, you work up cash by chatting in the pub chat. Then you can go into our store and actually buy NFTs from projects that we collaborate with. So if you are into the ugly dragons um, community and you're trying to win that ugly dragons NFT, Make sure to pop into our pub chat and chat it up so that you can go into the store and buy that Ugly Dragons NFT 
before they before they start really blowing up and going nuts you get one for free you know <laughs> thank you for the free promotion yeah. um, but we, have, we, have, um, we have biggie here he requested i think he have, may have, might have a question you can go ahead biggie oh it wasn't really a question i was just uh i'm very intrigued by both of your uh projects and i'm in both of your discords but yeah, I was just, uh, listen, sitting here listening to information. It was really a lot of uh, stuff I didn't know, but, you know, helped me understand the directions of both projects. And it's it's really uh, looks like really good. Yeah, of course, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, happy to have you in, in our communities and, and hope to see you around. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Biggie. I mean, I, I've seen you around in our Discord, um, but uh, but I appreciate you coming in and, and given those words um for me as a closing comment um i don't have much i just appreciate everybody that that took the time to to spend with us and and join us listening to our twitter space uh this is something new for me something new that we're doing um i'm just trying to collaborate with with a bunch of different projects open up twitter spaces doing giveaways and just kind of build community that way um, I really appreciate Crypto, Crypto Quest. We had a podcast, I think it was last week. It was really good, and, and I appreciate you guys. Appreciate everybody listening in and coming in. Um, and thank you so much. We'll definitely have to do this again at some point. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having us, Jesus. Yeah, right. thank you, Jesus. Have a good day, man. You too. Well, I'll have a good night. You guys have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care. Take care.